Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Duval, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. I know it's been a long time since we released a podcast, but... We've been busy churning out a ton of content over at GenJag.com and trying to keep the new merch releases coming out steadily to kind of help give people something to look forward to. Uh, I don't have a great excuse for not podcasting over the last year or so, but I'm back and I'm certainly eager to talk some Jags football and to share my thoughts with you on the upcoming season. Uh, This is going to be a quick episode just to kind of get back in the swing of things. I wanted to talk about establishing a floor and a ceiling for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2020. What are the range of outcomes for this young team? Uh, Please give me a follow over on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo and be sure to check out all our latest content and merch at genjag.com. So first, we need to look at some factors that lead to a given team's overall success. Um, Injuries are always a major factor. Uh, Coordinators... Is there continuity um, on both sides of the ball? Obviously, the Jaguars will not have continuity on offense with the new offensive coordinator, but that could also lead to a a regression towards the mean in some of the categories that the Jaguars struggled with on offense. And then you've also got to look at the new pieces on both sides of the ball. How quickly can they mesh and kind of come together as a unit? But looking at injuries... Like I said, they're always going to be a major factor in a team's success or failures in a given season. Um, Last year, the tight end and linebacker groups were really decimated by injuries, and it cost the Jaguars. Uh, Minshew had a revolving door at tight end after James O'Shaughnessy left with an ACL injury. He started off the season really hot and then went down. And then after that, it was just a revolving door, like I said, and it really led Minshew to not have reliable targets down the middle of the field at the tight end position. And then looking at linebacker, that was probably in even worse shape than the tight ends were. Early on, they struggled thanks to the abrupt retirement of Telvin Smith. Uh, Quincy Williams dealt with injury and then was forced into the lineup way too early. He struggled with the mental part of the game. It looked like uh, he's obviously got all the physical ability in the world, but he's a small school prospect Making those, excuse me, the switch from safety to weak side linebacker. So it was hard to expect a lot of him. Um, at those two positions, I do think the Jaguars appear to be a bit deeper uh, with the additions of Joe Schobert, Shaq Quarterman at middle linebacker, and then the move to the weak side for Miles Jack and Quincy Williams sliding in as the backup there now. And then at tight end, the Jaguars brought in Tyler Eifert, who is often injured. But even if he does suffer an injury, they should be good to go with James O'Shaughnessy and second-year man Josh Oliver, who showed a lot of promise during training camp, but then uh, suffered a pulled hamstring, of course. And they also brought in 
Tyler Davis from Georgia Tech in the seventh round, who they really like. He scored six touchdowns a couple years ago for UConn. He's got a good combo of size and athleticism that the Jaguars like. So I think they should be good at both of those positions where they really suffered a lot of losses um, in 2019. But looking at some areas where the Jaguars really can't afford to get injured in 2020, obviously got to start with quarterback. If Gardner Minshew goes down, I don't think Joshua Dobbs or Mike Glennon or even Jake Luton, if he somehow made the team, are going to lead the this this group to many victories on their own. I do think there's potential for one of them to be able to kind of keep the team afloat if the running game's really going and the defense is playing well, but they're not going to give the offense the same spark that Minshew does, which will ultimately make it much more difficult to win games. Uh, The Jaguars are also very thin at offensive tackle. Behind Jawan Taylor and Cam Robinson, the only player with any experience for the Jaguars is Will Richardson, and he's making a full-time switch over to offensive tackle this season after kind of going back and forth between tackle and guard, playing more so at guard. But uh, he's far from a sure thing. Uh, He played on the right side in college. He played on the right side at guard. So having him as your only real backup plan at tackle is pretty concerning. Ben Barch, of course, the fourth-round pick, played left tackle in college, but he comes from a small school. The Jaguars want him to play guard to start his career. And uh, so if he was to switch out to tackle or move out to tackle, it would really be a um, you know worst-case scenario for the Jaguars. They're, they're down multiple guys at offensive tackle. And uh, so, yeah, if Taylor or Robinson goes down, it could be big trouble for the Jaguars' offensive line. I think they're fairly deep at receiver and running back, although an injury to DJ Chark or Leonard Fournette would leave both of those respective positions lacking the high-end talent that you really need to compete week in and week out at the NFL level. Um, Like I said, I think, They have enough depth in the front seven. They've made additions with uh, a lot of guys up on the defensive line through the draft and through free agency. I think linebacker, they're good with their depth there. Then you get into the secondary. Uh, I think a C.J. Henderson injury could certainly set them back big time at cornerback. And then at safety... I think you're probably all right with Andrew Wingard if he has to get in there at either safety spot. He has a year under uh, Todd Wash in this scheme already, and he played decent when he got his name called um, on the defensive side of the ball as a rookie last year. Um, But really, if the Jaguars lose Menchu early on or three to four starters at other positions, they could certainly find themselves close to the bottom of the league. Still, though, Jay Gruden brings his West Coast offense to Jacksonville and the depth on the defensive front seven. I find it hard to believe that the Jaguars could really compete for like the number one overall pick like a lot of national media outlets have been uh, kind of slotting them in for. They have some winnable games early on against Cincinnati, Miami, Detroit, and the Chargers. And with an improved run defense, I don't think they'll be quite as lousy against their divisional foes like they have been over the last couple years. Uh, I'd put their floor at four wins on the season, probably. 
I think they'll win at least two games in the division. They almost always do, even when they're at their worst. And they should be able to win at least two of the four contests I just mentioned. So I'm putting their floor, their absolute floor, at four wins. So I do not think that will be enough to get them close to the number one pick. Top five, maybe, but not the number one pick. Um, And then getting over to their ceiling, something we should be much more excited to talk about. It'd be a lot more fun for everybody around here if the Jaguars are able to reach their ceiling in 2020. But what is that ceiling? Uh, Again, much of this is going to go on the shoulders of Gardner Minshew. Can he elevate his game, become more comfortable in the pocket, and more consistent with his footwork? He's able to grow as a passer. It'll elevate DJ Chark, Leonard Fournette, LaVisca Chenault, and the rest of the Jaguars' offensive weapons, of which there are quite a few. Um, And again, having Jay Gruden in his back pocket should really help. Jay Gruden is a much better play caller at the NFL level than John DiFilippo is. If you go back and watch their, uh, their total body of work, even in 2019, Jay Gruden before he got fired, you can just see more of a more of a uh, consistent offensive philosophy coming from Jay Gruden, and I think that'll certainly help the entire offense. On the defensive side of the ball, it all starts with stopping the run. The Jaguars have been so porous against the run the last couple seasons. If they can quickly shore up their run defense with the additions of Al Woods, Devon Hamilton, Rodney Gunter on the interior of the D-line, and the improved linebacker play, getting Joe Schobert uh, out there at middle linebacker and getting to move Miles Jack to the weak side, having those two guys at linebacker together should really help the Jaguars' run defense and pass defense for that matter. And if they can stop the run, then the pass rush, which will be led by Josh Allen and perhaps Unique Ngakwe on the edge and then Taven Bryan on the interior, it should be able to really get after opponents on third down. And, uh, you know, if C.J. Henderson is able to become a plus starter in coverage in his first year, that could really unlock the potential of this defense. So if a few of those big items there, if they hit, then I think the Jaguars should be able to compete for the seventh spot in the AFC playoffs. I still think that might be reaching a little bit, but I I can see a path to that with the early season schedule and with Gardner Minshew if he's able to develop for them to get to ten and six. I think a more realistic ceiling is probably nine and seven or eight and eight, especially with the tough uh Tough road contest down the stretch against Green Bay, Minnesota, Baltimore. They'll also have Pittsburgh, Chicago, Indianapolis, Tennessee uh, at the end of the season. So it's not going to be tough to close, or excuse me, it's going to be very tough to close out the season strong for Jacksonville. Uh, And it'll be about the maturation of the offense under Jay Gruden and how quickly these new defensive pieces that are certainly talented, but how quickly can they mesh and become a cohesive unit? Uh, With so much youth, they currently have 30 rookies on the roster. That's got to be some sort of record. And the new faces that they brought in via free agency, all expected to contribute immediately. I find it hard to believe that the Jaguars will vault into a division winner type of team or a team that can make a real run in the playoffs, at least in 2020. Right now, I have them predicted to win seven games with a floor 
of four and a really realistic ceiling of nine wins. Uh, this won't be my official season prediction. I'll make that much closer to the regular season. But this, I think, was at least a good exercise to kind of establish the floor and ceiling of the 2020 Jacksonville Jaguars and to take a look at what factors will lead to them, you know, kind of falling down to their floor or reaching their ultimate potential at their ceiling. Um, like I said, it's going to be a quick episode today. Just wanted to get everybody back into the flow of tuning in and uh, looking for more Gen Jag content. I think I'm going to do shorter episodes, generally speaking. Probably not this short. We're l- looking at about 12 minutes, but you know, probably in the range of 15 to 30 minutes and doing them a little bit more often than we used to do at one a week. So I think maybe you can look for them about two to three times a week on a good week, maybe once a week on a bad week. But I will be looking to produce more podcasts here on JinJag and just trying to engage with the fans a little bit more, have a good time doing the podcast. I think we'll be able to do a lot of fan engagement in terms of doing polls, uh, having you guys uh, ask questions that I can answer here on the podcast. And I'll also look to get some of the other local media on the show for interviews so they can chat about their thoughts on the Jaguars as well. But I do appreciate everybody listening. I'm sorry it's been such a long gap since my last podcast. And I do look forward to to making some more, more consistently for you here in the near future. So please go check out genjag.com. We've got a lot of uh, a new content up there in terms of our articles. Earlier today, what did I break down? Let's see here. Inside the numbers, fixing the Jaguars' Achilles heel, which of course is their run defense. Yeah, a little preview of that. The Jaguars have given up an average of 188 rushing yards per game on the ground in their last nine division losses, which they've gone three and nine over the last two seasons. And in those nine losses, they've given up 188 yards a game on the ground. So go check that out, genjag.com. We've also got a bunch of fun new merch. You can check out... Um, our new Shuval pens we got in the store; those are made by the Pen League. So give that a give that a look, and got a lot of fun new T-shirts. We'll be coming out with a bunch of new stuff for the season. Thanks again for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan Delugo. Follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag on Twitter. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.